was a case that shocked the country and the world. And now 14 suspects who were arrested for the rape of a film crew in Krugersdorp in July have had their charges withdrawn. We're going to try and get behind that tragic story. Also, the ongoing mess of coalition politics as Johannesburg, battling myriad problems, sees its politicians more in court fighting each other than actually doing a job behind their desks. And if you think our political arena is a circus, the big tent of British politics is equally insane. A warm welcome to Scrolla Africa's weekly podcast. With me is political editor Zukili Majova. I'm Jeremy Max. Now, Scrolla Africa broke the story of eight women who were part of a film crew being gang-raped and robbed while filming at an abandoned mine shaft in Krugersdorp on the West Rand of Johannesburg. The nation's hopes of seeing justice for the abused women have been dashed. Let's get a view on that. Zukili, first of all, remind us what exactly happened. Good afternoon, Jeremy, and thank you. Yes, um, what happened in Krugersdorp uh, that day, you know, it was a combination of, of two things, a nation that is very angry and tired of reports of rape, thousands of women getting raped every year in South Africa. The whole nation is really, really tired of that. And, and the public outrage uh, stemmed from that. Basically, we had these women who were shooting a video uh, in one of these uh, mine dumps. Uh, obviously, they make a very nice uh, a, a backdrop when you're shooting a, a, a video. And then they were attacked by, by men uh, up to around 20 coming from all directions. And obviously, you can't see them when you are deep down there. They just come in and, and they are all over you. You know, they tried to run from one direction to the other. Another group of 10 appeared. They, they, they were just trapped, you know, and it's an ordeal that lasted for over 10 hours. It was a very, very horrific uh, situation. And the hunt for the real suspects is only beginning three months after their crimes committed. Why is that? Yes, Jeremy, it's such a, it's such a miscarriage of, of justice that uh, three months after, uh, after the case, now they're going to start again to look to look for the suspects. Obviously, everybody, everybody can tell that the hopes of getting justice in this case are dashed. You know, everybody was encouraged in the beginning that within, within that week, you know, people were getting arrested, the cops flooded the area. Obviously, there were some suspicion that we're just arresting just about everyone who's a foreigner. I mean, they're looking for 20 men. They arrested over 300, you know, and how on earth are you going to go through that to actually spot out who exactly is going to be charged with the rape? But I think they were just rounding up to make sure that the the, the culprits uh, do not run away because there was just such public outrage around around the issue. On the 26th of October, October, if I recall, a minor suspect appeared in the Krugersdorp Magistrates Court. What can you tell us about that appearance? The minor, the 14-year-old, was also charged with, with, with rape and also being in the country illegally. It's quite a, a bizarre situation because even from our, our, our reporters who have been at the forefront of tracking the story, we didn't get any, any complaint or any suggestion that uh, there was a child among, among these 20 people. You know, so it was quite difficult to understand uh, where this whole thing came from, where a child ended up uh, being accused of rape. Yes, he also was not linked uh, by DNA to the crime, but he but he's appearing in court on the on the first of November uh, for being in the country illegally. An identity parade was unlikely to be definitive, says Scrolla Africa, because the group of 20 men that attacked the film crew were wearing blankets and covered their faces and balaclavas. Uh, that's a real injustice. 
justice, isn't it? Yes, it was always going to be very difficult to to identify these people. You know, um, they they had covered themselves with balaclava and they were wearing blankets, etc. You know, but also you can imagine how terrified the victims were to even to even think of trying to look the person or maybe look at the shoes or look at anything. I mean that such brutality people were raped uh, some of the girls were raped by over 10 uh, over 10 different men you know it must have been an unbelievable situation now to, to expect those people to to be able to uh, positively identify uh, those people who were torturing them scaring them uh, they were armed there was just no way that we could we could really be lucky on, on this particular case and uh, clearly for for all of us as a country we're expecting a quick justice on this issue uh, it, it's not going to come it's going to be a long way now with the investigation we also understand the entire police investigation hanging on the suspects being linked to the crimes through dna results what we do know is that there are all sorts of problems when it comes to procuring those results quickly Yes, that's the case. It's very difficult to actually get uh, DNA results very quickly. You know, but you, we had the confidence, you know, the, the minister of police was there, all the police bosses were there and uh, assuring the nation that, that they, they're going to work very, very quickly and, and, and quickly get to the bottom of this. All of this was also uh, becoming a, a serious political embarrassment to the country and to the, to the ruling party. It happened on the week of the ANC policy conference the president needed to to update the nation and say that police are everywhere etc and obviously this issue of dna once again but not a fault of the labs you know there was just none of the guys clearly none of the guys that were that were actually charged were the ones who committed the crime zucchini the community of kahisa itself and i guess other sections of the west rand also taking it upon themselves to hunt down the so-called zama zamas they captured them and handed them over to police that's a bigger problem though isn't it just than in Kahisa, it's the whole issue of vigilantism. It was always going to be a big, a big issue. Like I said earlier, it was a combination of two things that had that had haunted the community for a while. The crime that had been that is being committed by the Zama Zamas, the presence of the Zama Zamas who are armed and often go head to head with the police, uh, exchanging gunfire, intimidating people in the township. They walk into someone's home, they just take just take whatever they want. And the whole issue of rape in South Africa, which has become such a such a such a pandemic, such a such a bad such a disaster, really, you know. And 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 communities are really really angry, and also. So there is a perception that uh, people, uh, when when they are charged with any serious crime, not just rape, they they tend to be released a week or two later, whether they get bail or not. Once someone gets bail in South Africa, it looks like they are they are really now free because that case now is not going to go on, go on maybe next year or six months from now, etc. That that person is free, and and and, and sometimes the case just disappears. So you've got that lack of confidence now from communities about about how cases serious cases are, are being are being dealt with you know from the police side obviously you've got what minister begitkele was outlining as a problem that in 2020 in 2010 they had 20,000 more cops than they have today i mean surely that cannot be right you know we saw from the medium-term budget policy statement that 15,000 constables uh, are coming into the force, but they are coming in. I mean, we, it's been many, many years. We should have been having a hell of a lot more uh, police visibility, especially in townships, 
works very well to, 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 to intimidate anyone who is thinking of committing crime because there's a police fan uh, that's always passing around, but that's not happening, you know. So people report cases to the police many times and they are not followed. Sometimes it's just a basic issue of, of capacity. Police stations don't have the capacity. That's how people lose confidence totally in the police and take the law in, in their own hands. And it's been happening in South Africa just about everywhere. Since the men have been in the dock, no one in the media or the public at large has been allowed to see them inside court. What else do we know? It was very important to to keep uh, the men away from from the public or anyone seeing them, especially because this issue this issue of the identity parade. I mean, any clue that that uh, uh, the one would get would would be key. Uh, towards solving this case so uh, it was important that the media no one takes pictures of them etc because there were these uh, I, 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 identity parties that were going to happen now you can imagine you're sorting it down from from 300 people down to 14 you know so you can imagine just how difficult you know it was always going to be difficult even if you had arrested the 20 who actually did the crime you know now when you are Tomorrow there's another ID parade, the next day then there's another identity parade. You know, it was always going to be difficult for the girls. And perhaps most importantly, what do we know of the status of the victims right now? It's such an unfortunate and painful situation, you know, um, that now those those ladies were victimized like that. Uh, even when they went to, to the police uh, safety, you know, under Section 204, uh, under police protection, uh, because obviously their lives could have been in danger because everyone's just trying to hide the evidence and, and, and all of that. And these are Zama Zamas who, like, like, like we said, they were, they, they were armed. Or, so police protection was important. But it would appear that they were not treated very well, even, even, even in, in the hands of the state. You know, seven of the girls were given uh, uh, this protection, but six have since left. Only one person is left there just because of the poor conditions and the treatment, uh, lack of food and all of those things. These are things that South Africans hardly ever hear about. You just hear that the person has been given uh, police protection and, and, and you really trust then that that person is in good hands because in the hands of the state, it turns out it's better to be out there. All right, let's come back to South Africa now and politics. And ANC Johannesburg Regional Chair Dada Morero relinquishing his role as the executive mayor of Johannesburg before retracting that statement. What's the background to that? Well, earlier the Johannesburg High Court ruled that the city's council extraordinary sitting that ousted the mayor and poor Palazzi as mayor was unlawful. It really is such a mess, isn't it? Zucchili, explain to us what's been happening. Jeremy, this is the story of coalitions in South Africa. I mean, it's a new thing. You know, we watched it, it developed uh, in Cape Town when, when uh, Helen Zilla took over Cape Town with about seven uh, uh, political parties uh, led by the DA. You know, it was it was a very very difficult coalition. You know, it was a step by step affair. Uh, this this is something like I said that that we are still new at this thing and and we are learning as we go along. But it's it's clear that it's not going to be easy. You know, we are the same situation in 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 Port Elizabeth, Nelson Mandela Bay, where. At some point, you had uh, the UDM with just two seats taking over the mayorship of, uh, of, of the metro, you know, and made such a royal mess of it. You know, so it's a, it's a new world, really. It's virgin territory for us as South Africans. But this is quite important, this, uh, that we get this, this coalition 
right because going to 2024 it's quite clear that we are going to have provinces that are going to be run by coalition there's talk that Gauteng might fall in the local government elections the ANC went under 50 percent and and in 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 by elections since then the ANC has been losing wards even even in areas that were previously thought to be ANC stronghold you know um, Pumalanga, for instance, is the heartland, homeland of the ANC, you know, and, the, and they lost a ward recently in Komazi there, losing to, to the EFF. The EFF won its very first ward in the province, you know. So that is a situation that we are looking at. It's happening now in Gauteng. Uh, it was always a tight coalition, you know, uh, uh, and the blessing of it, that coalition, whether it stands or falls, it was always whether the EFF was going to participate. The DA was able to take over Jobeg, Ekuruleni, and Twane because the EFF was not participating. EFF would not work with the ANC. That worked to the advantage of the DA. Obviously, the DA and the EFF think it's a bridge too far to cross to each other's arms. So again, you've got that situation, the DA um, uh, losing uh, the, 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 the metro and, and not being guaranteed to get it back because they can't work with the EFF. You know, it's, it's, it's such a mess, you know. And now we saw that uh, Tanya Campbell in, in Ekuruleni uh, lost the vote of no confidence. Again, it's the same thing. Had there been a coalition, a proper coalition of opposition parties, you know, regardless of what is happening at national. And, that, and I think that's where the problem is. Uh, political parties are taking problems of national and making them local. The EFF wants land, etc. You're not going to get land by trading wards. You know, it's a local municipality. You know, so the, 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 the working relationship has got to be different from what from what you have at national. But they, no one seems to be moving on this issue. And again, it looks like people are going to be punished by the voters again. You know, because it appeared that the message of the voters was, was quite clear. Uh, in the November 2021 elections, you know. So again, it will be the voters that will sort out this mess. So where then does this leave the ratepayer as far as Johannesburg is concerned? To be honest, Jeremy, I don't remember the last time or any time that uh, the Joburg ratepayers ever really had a good mayor. You know, uh, uh, many times I would, I, I would sit and wonder, you know, how do these people... Um, uh, how do Joe Beggars deserve deserve this kind of mayor? You know, it's it's been it's been really bad. Uh, recently, things things looked like they were improving. You know, there was also a man who was trusted by the people. You know, who, who's who's known to mean what he says. You know, he's become a politician now. The uh, entrepreneur uh, Herman Mashaba. He's become a politician. Maybe as a politician, he will change. You know, but. Up until now, a lot of people who respect him are, are saying that he's a man of his word. You know, in just a few months of forming a new political party, he got five. He got five hundred and forty-seven thousand votes. You know, just contesting six municipalities. You know, and ninety councillors that uh, the Action SA was able to get. You know, so. There is some kind of, of, of hope, uh, you know, that there are some kind of politicians and different political parties that are coming up, etc. You know, otherwise, the whole issue of Jobek itself, it's still going to be a struggle. Remember, Jobek has got a budget that is as big as provinces at 77 billion rand and also with a lot of other 
uh, income that you get from from rate payers, from uh, uh, tickets, you know, traffic fines and all of that. It's a it, it's a massive, massive budget, you know, and the resources that come with it, vehicles and all of those things that politicians tend to use to fight uh, elections. So there was always going to be a fight for Jobek. ANC was never going to go to. Uh, 2024 elections with Joe Beck in DA, in DA hands. That's why they're making sure that they're doing whatever it takes to take these metros back. So it would appear then that we're heading for some kind of coalition in the national election, but the problem is we can't make them work at local and provincial level, and the voter is always the victim. Jeremy, with the national general elections coming up in 2024, we are definitely going to have coalitions. Most importantly... It's likely that there's going to be a coalition that's going to govern in Gauteng. I mean, that's the economic hub. A lot of people are saying that if, if you win Gauteng and, and, and maybe win the Western Cape, you know, you've, you've got South Africa, you know. And I think that's, that's, that's basically what the DA uh, has been gunning for, you know. Obviously, they've, 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 they've made their own mistakes at some point that they were doing very well. This was very much likely to happen, that it would be a DA coalition. All evidence in terms of, I mean, Scrolla is monitoring elections, by elections very closely now, you know, and all evidence is suggesting that the ANC is going to fall under 50 percent, definitely likely to fall under 50 percent in in, in, in Gauteng. So you're going to have a coalition there, you know. Um, In South Africa, uh, in terms of the national governance as well, you know, ANC vote has been collapsing for a while. You know, and now there's the, there's been the whole issue of fighting corruption. Everybody has been giving uh, 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 the, the ruling party that uh, that that grace period of seeing whether they are really serious about fighting corruption. There was the uh, state capture uh, uh, commission that was going on, and people saying we're going to see now. Uh, after that report that has gone, I mean, that commission has gone for so many for so many years and, and so much money has been poured into it. It's very, very detailed, the report, if you read it. Now, it's a question of political will to actually arrest people and, 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 and charge people. Now, this is the cornerstone of the election of, of President Cyril Ramaphosa. A lot of people who voted uh, uh, for the ANC actually voted for Cyril Ramaphosa and not so much the ANC. You know, had it not been Cyril Ramaphosa, the candidate, and someone else, there is a big chance that the results would have been different. So now Ramaphosa has been given that that five-year chance by, by, by voters, you know, and now it's time for him to act and really act decisively around corruption. I think it's going to hinge on that. If he still has an issue of some of people with questionable backgrounds in in his cabinet, people who have been uh, implicated, people who have been uh, 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 implicated in the state capture report, the likes of Guedemantashe, keeping those people close to him, it makes people question how Ramaphosa works. Is it really true that he charges people who are in the opposite faction and doesn't charge people who are within his faction? People like Zizi Kodwa have also been implicated. There's also a fear of underperformance by some of the ministers and no action is being taken, you know, especially with people who are close to him. And that's what people are monitoring. While he's cleaning the ANC, is he cleaning his own house, you know? Then there are personal issues around Ramaphosa himself with the Pala Pala uh, farm, the farm gate. You know, how honest is he? 
you know, to what extent is he willing to take the nation into his confidence? You can't have a president that is being investigated left, right and center. Those are the issues. And if voters are not confident about about Ramaphosa, the ANC will definitely fall below 50%. Like I said, the ANC on its own would have fallen below 50%. But with Ramaphosa, there was a new belief so it was Ramaphosa who saved the ANC. If he can, can he save it again? Without any action on corruption, tangible action on corruption, I don't think he will. And the same issue playing out in Ekuruleni. <laughs> to an extent it was. To an extent it was, it was a win for democracy. You know, this fight was always in two parts. Firstly, let me address why I say it was a win for democracy. These votes of no confidence have been messy. You know, uh, if you had witnessed fights in Nelson Mandela Bay, they, they, they were really bad. You know, they go back years, you know, fights between the ANC and the DA. Remember that ANC guy, Andy Lelungisa, used to be chairman of the NYDA. In his years as chairman of the NYDA, we achieved nothing. We lost a billion rand. You know, now in PE, in a meeting, he took a jug of water and... He beat a, a, a DA councillor with that, and, and he was found guilty. He had to go to jail. You know how it happens. South Africa connected people don't spend time in jail. You know, so these things, these votes of no confidence, have been messy. We witnessed the the, the one in Joburg where Dr. Mpo Palazzi was was kicked out. You know, it was a mess. You know, councillors did not even sign the register. You know. Uh, parties were just asking for an hour just to just, just to caucus, just to, just just to discuss issues before they vote, and the speaker refused. Again, that's that's not democratic, you know. And the court the court was able to see through that, you know, on a technicality, you know. But now, uh, as Dr. Mpopalatz was saying, that next time they call a vote of no confidence, at least they will follow the guidelines. Look at Ekuruleni. There was a whole day. Of a council of council meeting, a whole day, not fights and all of those things, and the proper tabling of the motion, voting for the motion, and 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 there are no fights, there are no questions about it. Tanya Campbell is coming out, so to an extent, the judgment itself, yes, it it, it was good. Now the fight was always in two parts: the legal one, which they won, the DA won. Now the political one. Uh, Madam Zile is saying she's never going to work with the EFF, you know, but yet what, what she was saying that she was actually, the DA was actually working with the EFF. I mean, since December, you know, the, the, the fact that the EFF was not voting with the ANC, it meant that the EFF was allowing the DA to govern, you know, that's working together. So that's the difficult situation that uh, Dr. Mpo Palazzo finds herself in. And some people are saying, in the interest of Joburg, you know, a different party has, has got to come in and, and, and rule. Let's see how the DA would rule and all of that. Remember that uh, Herman Mashaba was a DA mayor, and a lot of people were very, were very convinced by some of the proposals that he was making, correcting uh, things uh, that, that were a problem, especially, especially from financial management side and all of that. So that is the situation. It's, it's going to be a tough one. There's clearly going to be another vote of no confidence. It looks like the IFP is going to abstain because the DA refused 
to give the IFP the speaker the speaker uh, of council. Now, in a coalition, this is another thing that the DA needs to learn. I mean, the DA has been running coalitions for a long time. People have been saying that they tend to, to act like bullies in these coalitions. We didn't know, and we are now seeing firsthand what happened in Joburg. You know, you can't have mayor, deputy mayor, and speaker and all of that when you are in coalition with other parties. So the IFP has been abstaining. Again, that tells you that the DA is, is going to lose is going to lose uh, a job back. Zukili, thank you very much indeed. And I, I want to leave you with this. The real story behind the Kruger's door rape tragedy is woeful law enforcement, and that is just one case in South Africa. And coalition conundrums are going to amplify of that, there's no doubt. If we don't get that right, the voter is the victim. Let us not forget that. Our job is to report it, explain it, and to try and make sense of it. We'll do it again. More content on Scroller Africa. Until next time, goodbye from Jeremy Max.